The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Betting Above the Rim podcast. This is Coach Young. Today's date is December the 4th. In this episode of the podcast, we get into five topics. Number one, in-season preview. We've reached the knockout stage with games coming on later tonight. We'll preview the four quarterfinal games being played today and tomorrow. Next, I'll give you my pick. Looking at the final eight, I'll give you my team who I think is going to win the in-season tournament, and it's not the favorite. Third, Milwaukee, speaking of teams in the in-season tournament, they're off to a relatively good start. But am I truly a believer in what's going on in Milwaukee, and can they can, uh, sustain this and win a championship? Fourth, let's stay in the center with the Indiana Pacers, one of the best stories in basketball because they're a tempo play. But is that sustainable for the remainder of the season, especially when you get into the playoffs? And lastly, March Madness, we had November Madness, folks, and December Madness in college basketball. We'll talk about the upsets and why I think it's going to be hard to predict the national champion because there's so much parity. Once again, welcome to the Betting Above the Rim podcast. I'm Coach Jack. Let's get started right away with the in-season tournament. Folks, I talked about it a couple of times already on the podcast, how amazing this thing has gone and the fact that the NBA has been really proud of the the product that it's put out there and how it's been received by the public. Getting people to buy into November, December basketball, folks, is not easy. It's usually the beginning of Christmas time is when you really start to get people into the NBA. So let's kind of go through the matchups really quick. Uh, Obviously, Boston, Indiana. Then you have New Orleans and Sacramento. Those are the two games that are played tonight. Tomorrow, New York, Milwaukee, and then finally, Phoenix versus the Lakers. So when you talk about these matchups, first, let's talk about Boston, Indiana. Very intriguing team, a team in Boston that's playing, as well as anybody in the NBA, versus an upstart Indiana team, which won Group A and played really phenomenal ball in the process, including winning a game in Philadelphia. So it'll be interesting to see how this game plays out tonight. Uh, Boston is obviously the, the favorite going into the game tonight. And you would understand why because of their experience. And But Indiana, folks, is one of these teams, they score a lot of points. It'll be interesting to see how Indiana plays this game. Do they play, do what they do, and run up tempo, or they try and slow it down and make it a half-court game? Next, New Orleans, Sacramento. This is a sneaky good matchup. Obviously, light the beam. Sacramento did a great job 
uh, and winning that, that Group C, which was loaded, versus the New Orleans team that won their group. And interesting enough about New Orleans, folks, is they're getting healthy. Got to remember, folks, CJ McCollum missed time with the lung injury for a couple of weeks, and they just got Trey Murphy, the third back, who was dynamic and sensational down the end of the stretch of the season last year, obviously a knee surgery began this year. So this is an intriguing matchup between two young teams I've talked about, along with Indiana, which is using this as a litmus test of getting them playoff-style experience. Then to tomorrow, which would I think is really like the doubleheader of all doubleheaders, New York-Milwaukee, remember, they were the first game televised on national TV in the in-season tournament, a, I believe a five-point win by Milwaukee. Great matchup. Remember last game, Jalen Brunson went absolutely nuclear on Milwaukee, a poor game for Julius Randle. So let's see what happens. Randle defending Eastern Conference Player of the Week. Does he continue to play his, as his game is ascended? Does, you know, Brunson play as well? What about Giannis? What about, um, you know, obviously a player like Damian Lillard? The coaching matchup, an experienced coach like Tom Thibodeau and a young coach like Adrian Griffin in his first real, I guess you would call it, playoff-type spot. And then the nightcap, which I got to I gotta get my – drink my Red Bull, my five-hour energy, my, my uh, cappuccino, whatever. Phoenix Lakers. I mean, Phoenix Lakers. This this is a, a, could be a possible Western Conference final preview, and then you got all the stars: AD, LeBron, Booker, Durant, no Bradley Beal. Nurkic has been sneaky good for Phoenix, and obviously Frank Vogel going against his former team, where he won a championship with the Lakers. So it's going to be interesting the matchups we have coming up in the in-season tournament uh, tonight and tomorrow night. And look for me on Sports Grid to give scouting reports and plays in regard to who I like in each, each, I should say, individual game. But let's move on. And let's, let's fast forward. Viva Las Vegas. Semifinals. Finals and Sin City, which I talked about is a, such a great idea by the NBA because we all know that's where they want to expand. And who do I think is going to win it? Folks, I'm going to go with the Lakers. Yes, I know that they don't have the best odds right now to win the in-season tournament. At six to one, obviously Boston plus three thirty, Bucks three and a half, Kings just uh, south of five to one, and then six to one for the Suns and the Lakers. Now the reason why they're probably looking at those two as six to one is they're playing each other. Obviously, we know what's going to happen. Whoever wins that game, I think will jump whoever wins the game between uh, Sacramento and New Orleans, and probably becomes a, more of a favorite. But to me, why do I want to pick the Lakers? It starts right there with those two. LeBron James has been absolutely sensational so far this year. At the age of 38, this guy continues. I, I need to know what LeBron's doing. I mean, I mean, what, what is it? Is, is, is it? is it ginseng? Is it herbal tea? 
Is it, is it hyperbaric chamber? Uh, is it blood transfusion? I don't know. But LeBron has been absolutely fantastic, getting you about 24.4 points per game, 7.6 rebounds, 6.4 assists, playing really good basketball. But to me, I think it's going to be about Anthony Davis is going to show up and show out. 22.9, 12.5. Listen, we've talked about Anthony Davis and how he's played, but as of late, the last three games, 27, 31, 28, with 14, 14, and 16 rebounds, and one game with five blocks against the Rockets over the weekend. So Anthony Davis is really starting to play what I feel is more of what we expect out of AD and his performance. But it, it's deeper than that. Why? I'm going to be honest with you. I think this means a lot to LeBron. I think LeBron is a legacy guy. And for him to win the first in-season tournament will just be another feather in the cap of one of the greatest, and some will say, the greatest career in the history of the NBA. Now, that's not what I think. I think it's Michael Jordan. But LeBron is nipping at his heels. And I think... A NBA in-season tournament when it's one and done now and maybe another ring and now people can revisit the discussion again whether LeBron has taken over Michael Jordan. D'Angelo Russell has played relatively well for the Lakers that late. I know he had a rough shooting game uh, with nine points in his last game, but 16-35, the two games before that, he gives them that deep threat from three that they need because when you look at a team like LeBron, that's not really someone to be a three-point shooter, although LeBron is making 2.2 uh, at about a 38% clip. Uh, you know, D'Angelo Russell's shooting it at 40% from three. And you'll see the rest of the, cl- the cast, from the Reeves to the Hachimuras to the Torian Princes, Cam Reddish giving minutes off the bench. Uh, Gabe Vincent has been out, you know, Christian Wood. So they, they have... They have a bunch of guys that can beat you, and it allows Darvin Ham with LeBron and AD to kind of play mix and match down the stretch of games. And I think uh, they've had uh, a good run in this, and I think because of LeBron's legacy more than anything else, at 6-1, to one, I do like the Lakers to win the in-season tournament. Well, let's move on from the Western Conference to the Eastern Conference to a team that is also high up in there, uh, second-best odds to win the in-season tournament, and that's Milwaukee. And, folks, Milwaukee's been off to a really good start at 14-6, second in the Eastern Conference behind who? Do you, folks, remember, do you know who is tied for second place in the East? It's the Orlando Magic. And we'll talk, we talked about Orlando and their play, but we, we're not even talking about them now. This is about Milwaukee. And when you look at Milwaukee at 14 and 6, you got to first look at their dynamic duo. Obviously, you know, at one point Giannis was talking about uh, there was rumors that maybe he won out, but as soon as he got Dame time, things done changed. 
And if you look at Giannis right now, getting you 29.9 points per game, 10.8 rebounds, 4.9 assists, 1.4 blocks, and 1.4 steals. Shooting the ball at a very nice 60.7% from the floor. And then you go to Dame time in his first year with the Milwaukee Bucks after coming over from Portland, getting you a 25.5, 6.9. So you're getting that with a 42, uh, 43% clip from the floor and about, I do believe about 37% uh, from, I'm sorry, 34% from the three-point line. But there's concern that I have with Milwaukee. N number one, Dame time for his career shot 37.2% from three. And he's shooting 33.6 uh, now. So that is a concern uh, with Dame to the point where uh, he's got to be better. And, and folks, you got to look at the fact that it, it's he's getting accustomed to it. So that's something that is going to be interesting with Milwaukee. But, but to go further with Milwaukee, you know, they've had some interesting losses that I, I, I was – kind of troubled by, particularly on the road, a 130-111 game in Toronto early in the season when, folks, it wasn't even close. It was a 30-point game at one point. Now, the next two losses, you're going to say, well, Dame was out. It was a 126-124 loss at Indiana, followed by a 112-97 loss at Orlando, which right now, any loss you have to Orlando really is a completely different than what you thought in the past, but also a 120-113 loss lost to Chicago. And when you look at Milwaukee, what is my concern with them? It's their health and their injuries. Giannis has missed time over his career. Lillard has missed uh, time over his career. Brooke Lopez, folks, you know, he's giving you 13.4, 4.9. And I have a problem with that as a seven-footer, getting you 4.9 rebounds per game. I think that's something that, that Brooke's got to be better, although he's giving you 2.8 blocks, and he is one of the best rim protectors in the league. Brooke Lopez is 35, folks. What else is there? Chris Middleton. All right, yeah, Chris, Chris Middleton is not the Chris Middleton that we've seen. You know, Chris Middleton's only giving you about 11.8 points per game. Well, you don't think that's a big deal. Well, his career average is 17 points per game. You know, he's shooting a 6% less from three. He's shooting about equal from field goal shooting percentage. But if you think about Chris Middleton and, and the style that they're going to play in Milwaukee, Chris Middleton is, is more of a catch-and-shoot guy. So if he's a catch-and-shoot shooter, he's got to be better than 32.8%. Beasley's giving him a good time. You obviously know about Bobby Portis. You know, so when you look at this team, yes, are they one of the class teams in the East? Yes, but their age, and then right there, they're coaching. This is not a knock on Adrian Griffin. I have said this a lot as a coach. There is nothing harder than to go from the assistant chair to the head coaching chair. It's kind of like becoming a father for the first time. You can read every book you can. You're never going to be ready. So Adrian Griffin is going to have bumps in the road. And I've said this before. Not having Terry Stotts as an experienced assistant on the bench is going to be a problem in big spots. You saw Joe Mazzula handle that with Charles Lee and Sam Cassell. That is the biggest reason why I think at the end of the year, it will not be the Milwaukee Bucks to come 
out of the Eastern Conference. Let's move on to the Indiana Pacers. Folks, this team is absolutely dominant. You know what they, they remind me of like the 1980s up and down basketball. And, and it's more than just a showtime era, folks. If you look at the scores in the 80s, it was more than just, you know, Boston scored a ton. Uh, obviously, uh, the Lakers scored a ton. Denver at a high altitude scored a ton. There were a bunch of teams that scored a ton. Even Rick Pitino's uh, uh, lip by three, die by three, Knicks in the late 80s scored a ton of points. So when you look at this Indiana Pacers team, you're looking at their, their stature and saying, wait, what? They, they, they got not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, not six, not seven, but eight guys getting you double digits with Tyrese Halliburton at 27 points per game and 11.8 assists, shooting 44.7% from three. And I want to stop here for a second because it's interesting. Last week I did a podcast on the top 10 players in the NBA. And a couple of people said to me, Tyrese Halliburton needs to be there. And you know what, folks? It was, it was, I don't think it was an oversight. I don't think he's top 10, but Tyrese Halliburton is literally right there. If you look at the way that he's played and the way that he has ascended his game and brought this game of the team up with it, it's the fact that he can shoot the ball, he can dish the rock, and he can run the break as good as any guard in the NBA. And it's been a great story with them, but it's more than Halliburton. Miles Turner, who has been injured at times, is playing really good basketball, 16.6 points per game, and about eight rebounds a game, one of the better shot blockers and rim pretenders, uh, protectors, I should say, in the NBA. How about Bad Buddy? But he'll have 13.2 points per game. Never saw a shot he didn't like, Bad Buddy. Shooting about 45% from three, like I said. I'm sorry, 45% from the floor, about 39% from three. Buddy Heald has given us something. But it's also been the ex-Nick, Obi Toppin. When that trade happened with New York, I felt that this was the best spot for Obi Toppin. Young team, minutes, because when Obi got minutes, he played. And the ability to run the floor. And Obi Toppin is giving you 13.1, 3.1 rebounds. I was going to give you a little bit more in regards to, uh, you know, rebounding. But how about two 20-point games back-to-back? Folks, go look at his track record with the, with the Knicks. When Obi got minutes, Obi put up points. And he's doing that, obviously, with the Indiana Pacers. So they've done a great job. I can get into Benedict Matherin or Bruce Brown, the, the acquisition, uh, you know, the nails, hard hat, nails and glue guy uh, from Denver, uh, Aaron Nesmith, you know, Jalen Smith. They've got all these contributions. So I'm really big on them, right? Yes. Well, where's my issue with them? Folks, when it gets to the playoffs, you got to get stops. And when you start looking at the metrics, I use Synergy, okay? So for you guys, people to understand, Synergy is used by every NBA team and every NCAA Division I men's and women's team, the WNBA, even D2 and D3. And what they do, folks, 
is they could clip and get you every possession for years, but they give you data that shows you how a team's playing. So as great as Indiana has been, how about if I told you in points per possession defense, they're 29th. Only team worse is the Spurs. If I told you transition defense, they're 29th. Only team worse is the Denver Nuggets. This is all defensive things. You know, so when you start looking at that, then if you start getting to shot types, right? How do they define certain things? Defending jump shots, they are 28th in the NBA. Uh, when you talk about, uh, you know, anything in the lane, that's where they're kind of good. Dunk attempts, tips attempts, they're kind of in the, in the middle of the league. But also when you get into certain type of plays, they struggle in the pick and roll, right? So pick and roll defense, they're 29th in the NBA. That is not good. And we talked about transition. So, and they also don't rebound the ball as well because offensive rebounding uh, putbacks, point per possession, they are 28th. So what am I saying, folks? In the betting market, if you're going to go against Indiana, obviously we know team total is the way to go. But especially like a team total that teams that are very much big in pick and roll offense. So if you start looking at that, folks, well, what teams are really good uh, in, in pick and roll game, right? Obviously, we know that they are, but Milwaukee is the best team in the NBA pick and roll offense. They do it about 16.9% of the time. How about Atlanta at 20% of the time? They're the third best at points per possession in pick and roll. Sacramento, the Clippers, the Knicks. So when you start looking at matchups, start looking at pick and roll, particularly the pick and roll handler, meaning guards coming off ball screens could score. And obviously, offensive rebounds, you got to look at teams that offensively really do a great job of scoring off of O-board. So if you find a team that's able to do that and do that well, that's got to be something uh, that you want to look at. So just really quick with synergy, the best team, ironically, offensive rebounds is the Pacers. Next up, Portland, Miami, Sacramento, and Charlotte. So they gives you some little bit of betting nuggets to look at. I would suggest, and this is not a plug for the company, Synergy is fantastic. And if you're someone that's into analytics, like I as as a coach, Synergy is really a great product that even though it's for colleges and pro teams, you can get access to it, and it's actually quite reasonable to do so, and you can use it as part of your betting portfolio. So now that we've gone through the NBA, let's end today's podcast talking about college basketball. And my, oh my, did we have ourselves some drama this past week. I mean, it, it was, it was you know, feast week two weeks ago. Folks, should we call it upset week? Because the number of teams that got picked off was astounding. How about, let's start with the number one team in the country, the Purdue Boilermakers, as a favorite, I think about six and a half points, went on the road and was playing as well as anybody in the country and lost to Chris College's team 92-88 in a game in which, you know, their star player, Bowie, got 31 points and Zach Eady got 35. 
Now, there's more than just obviously uh, that Purdue uh, score. Let's move on. There was obviously Kentucky losing at home against UNC Wilmington after they just beat Miami by 25 points. How about Duke losing on the road 72-68 at Georgia Tech? Damon Stoudemire in his, I believe, his first year there after Josh Panner, a pastor, has been fired, doing a really good job with a Georgia Tech team uh, that is sitting four and two, and by far his biggest win of his young career over at Georgia Tech. And then how about Wisconsin beating Marquette? Marquette, who I, who I talked about with Chaka Smart uh, being an un, underrated coach, you know, they went they went across state to Madison and they lost 75-64 in a game where, let's be honest, folks, Wisconsin out-marketed Marquette, if that makes sense. Uh, they really just outplayed them in that style of play. And then, oh, y'all know where I'm going. You've seen me on social media talking about the, I don't want to call it a joke, but what the hell has gone out with the Villanova Wildcats and losing three big five games, including two this past week against St. Joe's. Now, granted, folks, St. Joe's did take Kentucky to overtime, but does that mean as much if Kentucky lost to UNC Wilmington? I don't know. But then they turn around and lose to Drexel at home by a bucket. So where am I getting at, folks? <laughs> this is going to be a wild college basketball season. There's, there's no clear favorite. Arizona is the number one team in the country. Well, they, make, they could be holding that spot for a couple of weeks. They may be holding that spot for a couple of months. I don't know. But they're the number one team in the country, followed by Kansas after. Kansas had a really good win over UConn, who was number five, in, in which Cam Spencer got a shot to win it at Fog Allen late. But it doesn't matter. Arizona, Kansas, Houston, Purdue, UConn, Baylor, Gonzaga. I'm here to say this, folks. There is no clear favorite in college basketball this year. College basketball games will be decided by matchups. You've heard me say this a lot on sports grid. Styles make fights. And that's what you're going to see this year. But really quickly, a couple of teams you need to be on the lookout that's starting to play better than maybe people thought. How about the North Carolina Tar Heels? They're up to number nine in this week's poll. Uh, with the way that they played. Colorado State, uh, 8-0. They've done a great job uh, with their program. And then how about a team like James Madison? Remember, folks, they have a win over Michigan State to start the year. Also, don't sleep on Illinois. 6-1, Shannon can shoot. Brad Underwood, one of the best coaches in the land. But I'm here to tell you, forget March Madness. It's going to be November Madness, December Madness. January, February, all the way into March. There is parity in college basketball, and that is good for business. This has been your Betting Above the Rim podcast. Once again, uh, today's date is December the 4th. For all of your information that you need for sports gambling content, pregame, in-game, postgame, Props, predictions from some of the best personalities in the business, like Scotty Farrell, 
Donnie Wrightside, Kevin Walsh, Ben Stevens, Joe Lisi, Mike Carver, Scott Wetzel, Dave Sharapan, Matt Peralt, and sometimes yours truly, among others, great hosts that we have at SportsGrid. Please go download that SportsGrid app on iOS and on Android. Like I said, it's everything you need for your sports betting content. Next Betting Above the Rip podcast will be taped on Wednesday to be released on Thursday. We'll look more at the in-season tournament, and maybe we'll get into most improved players because you've seen some players step up a lot in the NBA. Once again, it's been Coach Young. Thanks for listening. And remember, folks, we talk about it all the time. It's smarter to be on SportsGrid. Take care. Hi, I'm Cindy Lauper. My scalp was covered with psoriasis, which could lead to psoriatic arthritis. But Cosentix treats both. Cosentix Secukinumab is prescribed for adults with moderate to severe plaque psoriasis, 300 milligram dose, and adults with active psoriatic arthritis, 150 milligram dose. Don't use if you're allergic to Cosentix. Before starting, get checked for TB. Serious allergic reactions, severe skin reactions that look like eczema, and an increased risk of infections, some fatal, have occurred. Cosentix may lower ability to fight infections, so tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms like fevers, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, had a vaccine or plan to, or if IBD symptoms develop or worsen. Learn more at Cosentix.com or 1-844-COSENTIX. Cosentix works for me. Ask your doctor about Cosentix. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions.